the Open Source Creative Podcast, episode 32, The Website Lives. This is the Open Source Creative Podcast, a podcast where I ramble on about creativity process and open source software during my work commute. I'm Jason Van Gumster, your host and driver. As you may have guessed from the title, this show is about the new website for the show, the new home. And you helped me pick the domain. That's opensourcecreative.org. It's up and running and hopefully feeding out the podcasty goodness to the world. Uh, of course, if it, if it isn't, then you probably aren't listening to me say this, and I really am just talking to myself. Uh, <laughs> but let's, let's pretend that's not the case. Let's pretend that even though the site still has a few rough edges, you, you can at least hear me and the episode delivery part of the site is working. In this show, I talk about the move to using a static site generator, Hugo in this case, rather than choosing WordPress, and I cover some points about why it might be a good choice for you too. So, let's just get right to it. Oh, we're going to toast marshmallows, are we? Could be. Well, hello there. Oh, that's kind of a creepy opening, isn't it? Damn it. <laughs> I'm going to get it one of these days, guys. All right. So, welcome to a new show. And if you're hearing this, then I haven't screwed up. And opensourcecreative.org is officially live and working well and feeding out to the various RSS feeds and iTunes and whatnot properly. I hope. <laughs> so, if if you're listening to this and somehow you didn't come through opensourcecreative.org, well, hi! <laughs> opensourcecreative.org is the home of the Open Source Creative Podcast. Hooray! Yeah, I'm cheering right now on, on the assumption that I did actually set everything up and get it working. Um, the reason why I'm not entirely sure, one, uh, well, iTunes is ridiculous. A lot of people get their podcasts through iTunes, of course, and I don't have a Mac. I don't use a Mac. And so that complicates matters if you want to manage a podcast because Apple would prefer and actually kind of requires you to do any direct management of your podcast using iTunes. Since I don't and can't run iTunes on Linux, um, yeah, all of the management for the podcast has to sort of happen and be hinted at through the RSS feed that, uh, that iTunes populates itself with. iTunes actually doesn't store any of, the, any of the podcasts. When you download through iTunes, it actually downloads right through my hosting. So they don't host anything uh, when it comes to the podcast side of things. But in any case... The way, getting a bit technical here, but the way you have to get that to work is you have to use what's called a uh, HTTP 301 redirect, which is a permanent redirect that redirected my old 
the old home of the podcast, but monsterjavaguns.com, which is still there. My that's my 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 personal site, and my personal site still exists, monsterjavaguns.com. That's still there, but now when you go when you try to get the feed, the feed permanently redirects to the feed that's located at opensourcecreative.org. And I might I've considered doing redirects for each of the episodes because I've I've actually brought each of the episodes from the old site to the new site. So you can actually, you shouldn't ever, um, well, unless you, you actually like my personal site and the art and stuff that I create, uh, then, then definitely go to the monsterjavaguns.com. But if you're only interested in the podcast and stuff that I'm producing for, for open source creative, then you should be able to be able to, you should be able to get it all right from opensourcecreative.org and, and, and nowhere else. That's the plan at least. Um, so yeah, there, there, and this, this episode of course is going to be a little bit about that migration and, and, and how it's done and, and, and how I'm recommending doing things and how I'm enjoying doing them actually, because so one complication is when, when you move a podcast is the fact that, you know, I, I don't, I don't have a Mac and I don't have iTunes, so I can't manage that. So I have to do everything through on the iTunes side, I have to manage it through the RSS feed and kind of just cross my fingers and, and, and hope that Apple's out automation when it comes to podcasts actually works. Um, so if you, if actually, if, if you are listening to this podcast via iTunes, hit me up and let me know that it's actually working. If you're listening to this podcast, if, if you, if <laughs> I don't know how you're listening, if you do listen to the podcast through iTunes and somehow you listen to this podcast, but it didn't come through iTunes, like it didn't work. Also get in touch with me and tell me that basically get in touch with me. And let, if, if you use iTunes, let me know if or not this episode is something you heard on iTunes. Cause I need to, I need to know how to fix it if not. So that's one complication. The other less of a complication, but still a complication is that I've moved away from using WordPress for this particular site. I have used WordPress for nearly all of my sites for back into forever for, for a long, long time now. And, uh, I've always been happy using it and it's, it's, it's a great platform, but for, for some of the stuff that I want to do for some of my sites, WordPress is overkill. I mean, it's there. Well, there's a couple things. One, there's, there's, there's a, I don't want say inherent cause I, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to bad mouth PHP too much because I actually like writing PHP. It's a, it's, it's a very pleasant language to write in, but it, it does have some security risks or at least a reputation of having security risks. That's a better way of putting it. PHP has a reputation of security risks, whether or not they are the, in the current iteration of PHP, whether or not they're actually real, you know, that, that people are, people who are smarter than me will debate that. But because WordPress in particular has been such a popular platform for people to, to host their websites, um, or not just host the website, but, but to, to manage the content on their websites, it, it obviously becomes a, a, a very prime target vector for, for people who are doing malicious stuff. And you do have to keep up with it, right? You have to, it's a, it's a, it's a dynamically generated website. All of the, 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 the code is done on the server side and that feeds the code out or feeds the HTML, uh, not really HTML, but it generates browser-ready HTML so you can see it, right? That's that's what PHP does. It's a, it's a hypertext preprocessor, and it and it gets that out, and that's what WordPress 
will provide you. And it's a very, the cool thing is that the site's very dynamic then. The, you can get a lot of things changing and a lot of up, updating on the fly and whatnot. But it's also, because it's not static, because it's dynamic, because it's referencing a database, which has to connect via network and has to authenticate on that, because updating the, 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 the page requires you know, authentication through WordPress itself. There are, there are, that means that there are multiple ways in which the site could be compromised. If you have a static site that's just HTML, the only way the site can get compromised is actually if the server gets compromised. If your login to the server gets compromised, that's pretty much the only way I'm, and I'm sure someone, and I welcome it, someone can, can conceive of and tell me other ways that sites, that static sites could be, uh, could be hacked and compromised. But ultimately there's fewer vectors of attack if you have a static site. And if you have a relatively small site, that's just a blog or just a podcast or just a static site or whatever, like a, like a brochure site, if you will, then then there's really no reason to have something as heavy-handed as WordPress, despite how convenient and easy it is. So, for I, I actually looked a while back. You might have noticed, or I might have told, said that I had a uh, a couple websites that were done using Ghost. Ghost is in is another dynamic style site uh, with server-side code that that generates for on the fly, but. Instead of being written in PHP, it's written in Node.js, which is very cool and very fun and all. Node.js is basically a, a, a server-side version of JavaScript. And Ghost was actually written by, was the original, the Ghost developers, the original Ghost developers came from running WordPress. And so they wanted to re-implement or, or implement a new blagging, blagging, a new blogging platform using Node.js and not, that didn't do as much as WordPress because they were looking for, you know, again, trimming it back and doing just a blogging platform, which is where WordPress's roots are, but it has since grown to be a gigantic, full-grown content management system that, that, that's a little bit, you know, more than, than what some people need. And I've used Ghost. The only downside with Ghost, for me at least, is that because it's running Node.js, most shared hosting providers don't yet offer Node.js options for you to use so if you want to use ghost you actually have to use a, a an actual virtual private server like one from DigitalOcean or, or uh amazon uh, amazon web services or or what rack space or, or any one of these sort of actually even dreamhost does it any one of these services that offer a a a virtual private server you can get node.js and stuff running on that but then you have to maintain the whole server side of that and i had two sites that were running on that one of them I actually migrated to back to a static site, and the other ones I haven't migrated yet, but it's on the, it's, it's in the plans. In any case, I've been looking at static site generators. I, I used to generate the the classic web uh, static site generator is doing it by hand, right? You you type it out, you type your HTML by hand, and you upload it, right? That's that's old school website generation, but there are things that, that we, can, we can do to make automating that and updating that more more seamless. Because when you had to do it by hand, trying to, if you wanted to have, say, a blog and you want to paginate every um, 10 posts or whatever, you had to go and change that by hand. It was a real pain in the ass and it really sucked. So that's why stuff like PHP and stuff can, can help with that. 
And so you need a convenient way to generate those things. And that's why there are static site generators like Hugo and Jekyll. Now I've played a little bit with Jekyll, but not as much. A lot of my focus has been on Hugo. Hugo is, is actually pretty cool. It's written in Go or Golang, depending on who you talk to, which that's not as important other than how you have to go about installing Go. But what you do is you initialize a directory. You say this directory, this, this folder on my computer is gonna be where a website lives and you put it in there and you choose a theme and say create a new post and it creates a new post and you fill out the content and you write it in Markdown. And if you've been listening to this podcast long enough, you know that I am a big proponent of writing in Markdown because it's it's portable, it's re- readable and writable just about anywhere because it's plain text and it's very clear what you're doing. And actually there, there, there are more people who are sort of, there's some more mainstream people that have been discovering the, the, the beauties of writing in Markdown. I, had a, I retweeted something about that through, oh, who was it? Joel Freelander, who was tweeting an article from, ah, uh, now I can't remember. Oh, well, somebody important, at least more important than me, has, has discovered that Markdown is fantastic. So yay! In any case, what Hugo does is you write your posts in Markdown and it correctly sets the date form, you build drafts, and you can push it to, then you just generate your static pages, and that's all, those HTML files are all you have to upload to the server. And using something like rsync or whatever, that becomes a very, very clean process because it only updates the changed files, which is awesome. And I've really, really been enjoying working with that. And uh, I'll probably end up writing an article on, uh, on opensource.com that sort of walks through the process of, of how I did that in Hugo. And then I'll, I might do that again for Jekyll later on. But it's, like I said, it's, it's, been, it's been a whole heap of fun working in that. And I'm going to, I'll say right here, if you are a visual artist or even a writer or if, whatever sort of arts you're doing, if, and you have a website or you want a website, really seriously look into static sites. Don't necessarily default to using WordPress just because it's the most popular choice right now. There's, there's, there's obviously an advantage to taking the most popular choice because then there are all sorts of themes and plugins and there's a whole market of that stuff that you can use. But the theme and not so much plugin, but to an extent, some plugin, there are plugins, but the, the theme environment, the theme uh, market, if you will, for, for Hugo and Jekyll and some of these things, it's actually kind of mature. It's, it's granted, it's, it's not as big as, as WordPress because Let's just face it, WordPress has been around forever at this point in terms of internet time. So you're not going to find as many themes and and whatnot for Hugo and Jekyll as you would for WordPress. But a lot of the popular themes and more importantly, because these are newer platforms, a lot of the themes are using newer newer, uh, HTML technologies and whatnot that, that, or or better practices, I should say, in in writing code and, and... doing the layout and design of the sites because a lot of them are you know it used to be it's it's not so much now but for a while there it was really hard to find a a responsive design for wordpress uh even harder if you wanted to do it yourself there weren't a lot of guidelines on how to go about doing that and um that was that's that's been a bit of a sore point but since hugo and jekyll and some of the in the static page generators have are have come out more recently there, those, a lot of those templates, a lot of those themes 
are built with responsiveness in mind. Now, if you're not familiar with responsiveness, a responsive website is a website that will adapt to whatever device you're looking at it on. So if you're looking at a website on, on your desktop, then you look at it on your phone, the website should manipulate itself to, for your best sort of viewing experience on those devices, rather than have you like scroll sideways a lot on your phone and stuff like that. The, the, the idea is to make it actually responsive and, and, and adjust on the fly, which is cool. And like I said, a lot of the, the, the newer themes for static site generators, they have that built in mind. They're already, think, the designers are already thinking about that when it comes to those themes. And it's not, a, it's not as much of a chore to find a responsive theme for those platforms as it might be for, for WordPress. So consider that. And, and again, it's, it's, it's a nice, nice way for, for hosting a blog or, or straightforward content like a photo blog or a gallery of your art or, or, the, or you know, just sort of a, a, a newsletter type website for if you're, you know, you're a writer or whatever. These sort of things are, are, are pretty easily set up with Hugo. So like I said, just check it out. I would recommend doing that. It's, it's, it's not a bad option. Of course, there's always WordPress. If you if you decide that you do need WordPress, it's not like WordPress isn't going anywhere. And the best part is all of these things open source. (laughs) They're open source tools and, and, and built upon open source tools. And you know, that's, kind of the great foundation of a lot of the web is all going to be on, on, on open source stuff. Even when you're, when you're doing the, a lot of these themes, if you want to customize them, you're, you're going to be using SAS or less, which are, are preprocessors for CSS, which is CSS. If you're not, if you're not a web designer, CSS is our cascading style sheets. They're, they're how you style web pages for, for consistency. And they're, they're, CSS is, is, is great, but it, because every browser is a little bit different, you end up having to do, you end up having to like customize your CSS a bit, and it can be kind of a pain in the ass to write for. So these CSS preprocessors like SAS and Less have have made some of that easier. Plus, you get other cool things like mixins and variables, and and I'm not going to go into that because it, I, I'll start nerding off on on some of the cool things that come with site design that I'm not going to concern you at this point. But if it does, let me know, and I'll do another episode on that. So yeah, that that's migrating the site from so this also means that the the episode I did a few episodes back on how to how I how I publish my podcast well that has to change a little bit because in in that episode I was saying you know everything's all the same up until distribution when I'm when doing distribution I'm at that point I was using WordPress with the blueberry powerpress plugin to update my the the podcast rss feed since I'm not using WordPress, the Blueberry PowerPress plugin is no longer available to me. But the theme that I've chosen, the theme that I'm using is called Castanet. And Castanet is a Hugo theme that's built specifically for podcasting. It had a few like, th- I personally had to make some changes to it to make it work the way I wanted it to. But it's, it was, it's actually been developed by Matt, uh, Matt's, I'm gonna get his name wrong, I hope not, by Matt Stratton who is actually, he has, he's part of another podcast called the uh, Arrested DevOps podcast, which I, I don't listen to currently because I, I don't do a lot in the way of DevOps, but their, their podcast site is actually based on this theme. And so he spun this theme off in a more generic sense. And I have 
I have from that point taken it and applied it for opensourcecreative.com and I'll probably be making more changes to it and customizing it more to my taste as, uh, as the weeks and months and days roll forward. But the fact that I have something up and working and did it relatively quickly and relatively painlessly is kind of cool. Oh, one, there is one sort of caveat to all of this. Comments on posts. Because the old site for the podcast was using WordPress, commenting was built in, right? You could just log in with your, with usually a Gravatar or, you know, log in directly to the site and you would have the ability to comment on any post that I make on, on monsterjobaguns.com. Because Hugo is a, is a static site generator, all I'm uploading is HTML pages, which means that there's nowhere to store comments. So the only caveat to all of this is that, uh, well, it's two parts. One, the old comments from monsterjavaguns.com slash podcast, I did migrate them to the new site, but they're, they're, they're in there as archived comments. So I actually copied each comment f- with replies from those old posts and copied them right into the static page for opensourcecreative.org. Now, what about comment, making new comments? For that, um, the, the solution, the only real solution that's available is using the uh, Discuss service, D-I-S-Q-U-S. And basically it's, it's, it's a service that you add to a website that allows you to do commenting on the site. And it's not, I, I, as, as you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of self-hosting as much as I can. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little disappointed that, that that's the solution that I have to use. It'd be nice if there was something a little more self-hosted that I could, that I could apply to that. But the convenient thing is that a lot of sites are using Discuss for, for comments on blog. Even WordPress sites now, a lot of them are using Discuss for, for their, their, their thread commenting, for their, their post commenting. So there's a lot that the accounts, if you, so chances are if you visit blogs, and comment on them, chances are good that you already have a Discuss account and that will work natively right on opensourcecreative.org. So that's, that's how you do comments on, on each of the show episodes and the show notes that, that, that I have moving forward. Definitely let me know what you think about that. Uh, and if you don't like it, we'll see if we can come up with another solution, but that's the only one that I have that I know of for the time being. And that's what I'll go with and, you know, take it from there. It's actually not a bad system, but I'm just, you know, prone to liking self-hosting stuff. Now, there is, there, there's, there, I do have another kind of question. And I, I, I posted this to my mailing list earlier this week. And actually, uh, it's about the mailing list. <laughs> so, as you hear at the end of every one of my, my episodes, and it's going to be another thing too, but I'll get to that in a second. As you, hear, as, as you hear at the end of, at, you know, the close of every one of these episodes... Uh, I, I do have a mailing list and it's on the sidebar at monsterjavaguns.com. Actually, it's, it's there and on the slash podcast. So it's, it's on the sidebar of my personal sidebar of my personal site. And I'm not sure if I should migrate that list that I have. I, I basically have three choices as far as I can tell. I can either migrate that list in whole to opensourcecreative.org and no longer have a mailing list on my personal site. That's one option. The other option would be for me to point 
to that login to that subscription form from so if you there would be a, a box on opensourcecreative.org that says subscribe you click on it and it would shoot over to monsterjavaguns.com where you would actually log uh, subscribe to the mailing list there that's another option and the third option yeah, move oh the third option would be to create just a second list that's I have a, a list for monster monsterjavaguns.com that's like not just open source creative stuff but also any creative fun thing that I do and then I have a separate one that would be just for opensourcecreative.org I'm not sure what the what the best what the best solution is there because like the the I guess the easiest one would be to make a a second list that is opensourcecreative.com and offer anybody who's on the monsterjavaguns. sorry I'm going to get these URLs all backwards. So I can make a separate list for opensourcecreative.org and then offer everybody who subscribed on monsterjavaguns.com to sort of subscribe themselves to both lists or one list or, or handle it that way. But that might be a bit of a hassle. And for me, that means I have to maintain two lists, which it's not a big deal. But, you know, that's, that's one thing as a consideration from a maintenance standpoint. So that one's, I guess, easiest for everyone else except for me. <laughs> Um, the option of having pointing opensourcecreative.org to monsterjavaguns.com is convenient for me, but I'm, I worry that it would be confusing to somebody who's only interested in opensourcecreative.org and this content there really isn't interested in, in the art that I do or the coding distractions that I do or, you know, just the random stuff that I, the random stuff that I happen to make when I'm, when I'm not doing day job stuff. I don't know if, if it would be confusing to, well, I'm going to subscribe and all of a sudden you're not on opensourcecreative.org, you're on monsterjavaguns.com. Is that confusing? Is that, like I said, that, that's more convenient and that's easy for me, but I fear that that would be confusing for somebody who's, who's just coming to opensourcecreative.org and, and is only interested in that. And the, the, third option of just not having one on monsterjavaguns.com and just offering the migration to opensourcecreative.org that's that's also an option and and I guess the only downside there is is not being able to keep in touch with people who are interested in the 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 art stuff that I do that's that's more than just the podcast and, and stuff that I'm planning on doing with open source creative so I'm I'm in a quandary, right? I, I, I don't know what the right choice is here. And I really, really, really would like to have some feedback on that. Because once I have an answer for that, then, then the next question becomes, so do I update all my old podcasts to, like, say, say we say we're going to do a opensourcecreative.org list. <laughs> do, I, do I update all the old episodes to the, the end of all of them to point to, to that list or, or not? especially if I'm going to syndicate these on YouTube again, like, like Mr. Dave McSween has suggested in, in previous uh, responses. So yeah, I, I, uh, I don't know what the right, what the right choice is here. So uh, please test out the, the comment system and, uh, and let me know what you think. Or of course you can just send me an email or check me out on social media, whichever, whichever. Oh, I should mention that as part of setting up this site, Open Source Creative Podcast has always had a Facebook page, but I never set up a Twitter account for it. 
So now there's an open source creative Twitter account, which is at uh, OSS creative, because apparently open source creative is way too long for Twitter to count as a name. So I had to think of a shorter version for it. Oh, well, but that's, that's how that works out. So if you, if you're, if definitely, if you're on the, the, the Twitter sphere, definitely uh, follow OSS creative and you'll get the, obviously I'll be retweeting posts from OSS Creative pretty regularly, especially with episode posts and whatnot, but, you know, if, if you're interested in just, again, if you're just interested in opensourcecreative.org and the podcast and, you know, the, the, the instructional stuff that I'm planning on doing with that, then subscribe there. If you're interested in both, subscribe to that and Monster Java Guns, and if you're only interested in, in me, which is a little weird, but cool, uh, then, then at Monster Java Guns is me. Yeah, a lot of rambling stuff kind of a, a technical episode this week because it's it's talking about websites and 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 those sort of things a little bit on the the nitty-gritty of design and that but more technical this week than 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 other weeks have been but yeah mostly i'm i want to see if this episode actually makes it through to you so i'm gonna uh i'm actually coming to the end of my commute here so i'm gonna wrap it up and uh take this to the edit and get it uploaded and hope to hear from you and hope you can actually hear this episode all right that's about it time to get to work and that's it please let me know if the site works for you if your podcatcher is pulling the right feed if commenting works you know the the whole shebang and uh, be sure to let me know your opinion of what to do with the mailing list thing too i'm I'm still, still kind of stumped with that. Oh, oh, and and I forgot to mention this in the show. My my uh, daily creative group on Facebook, group, face group on Facebook is starting a doing a, a daily thirty second scribble challenge. I'm uh, I'm posting my sketches on that there, and also on Twitter and on Instagram. You can come on and join the fun if you'd like. We're we're using the thirty second scribble hashtag. And as always, if there's something I said that strikes a chord, you can make a comment on this episode page on opensourcecreative.org you can also track me down I'm Jason Van Gumster I'm on your favorite social media site as Monster Java Guns but also Open Source Creative has the OSS Creative uh, Twitter and Facebook pages that you can look at as well just go there tell me what you think I also have the email newsletter that's still on monsterjavaguns.com just go on the sidebar there and subscribe if you're interested in that until I figure out what's going on next with it alright that's enough of that time for you to get to work And this is the last job.